passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Welcome in. You are tuned into another Miami Dolphins podcast where we are going to dive in and talk about the newest premier player on the Miami Dolphins, and that is Jalen Ramsey. But before we get into all that, this is the Jake and Josh show, which means if you see my white walls, you'll see a real fancy, fancy Ricky Williams jersey behind Mr. House over there. Joshua, what's going on, buddy? Dude, it is just so glad to be back and be able to talk about the Dolphins with you. And I kind of wish we were doing a podcast when the news dropped, because I'm sure your face looked just like the Tyreek Hill trade when we heard <laughs> Jalen Ramsey was going to the Dolphins. I mean, my head exploded a little bit. So I'm just glad I get to come back on here, see your smiling face, and get to talk about the Miami Dolphins again. How have you been, Jake? It's been a little bit since we talked. It seems like everything's right in the world, right? You know, Chris Greer is taking big swings. He's doing press conferences, wearing hats still. Then we don't know why he loves his hat so much. But, loves man, hats. it's good. We have to really squeeze everything we can out of this last little bit of I, I the new league year has started, but I kind of still view this as like the post Super Bowl come down a little bit. I think once we get to like April, May, post draft, May, June, um, before OTAs get started, I feel like that's the real time NFL's dead. So it's nice to have the juices going again. Obviously, you're not you don't have wins or losses, but man, the Dolphins are making moves. You mentioned it. We were on the we were recording a podcast last year when Tyreek the news broke. You know, it kind of started with that the Jets and the Dolphins were interested, and then it broke like ten minutes later because we were like, yeah, okay, Dolphins they're engaged with every single free agent. But then it happened. Tyreek Hill's trade of the Dolphins, and this was kind of the same way, right? There were some rumors going around that Jalen Ramsey was on the trade block. I think Pro Football Focus released a story focused really on the idea of Jalen Ramsey coming to Miami. They paralleled it to Darrell Revis going to New England a few years ago when they won their whatever number Super Bowl. So Joshua, Chris Greer keeps on swinging. Initial reaction, Jalen Ramsey on the Dolphins. How are you feeling? 
Yeah, I mean, I was super stoked. I mean, this, like you said, compares to that Tyree Kill trade, except it's on the defensive side of the ball. We did hear there were some rumors, I think, earlier in the offseason that, you know, they might be getting rid of Jalen Ramsey. You knew the cap situation there in L.A. wasn't the best. But, um, you know, you've heard Miami's name thrown out there, and you're like, there's no way they're going to do this again. There's no way they would even have the draft capital. I mean, I, I think that that's kind of the biggest surprise here. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit, but um, you hear Jalen Ramsey's name. You know he's a shutdown corner. Yes, he's getting up there in age, but you think the Dolphins might have to give up, you know, at least I thought maybe a higher pick than a third rounder and um you know hunter long who i joke but he has one catch in his career one more catch in you and i jake so um i was absolutely baffled that the dolphins pulled it off super stoked because i mean now you got two you know quote unquote number one cornerbacks and you saw the relationship that he has with Xavier howard uh, you know you saw the propaganda the dolphins twitter account was dropping i mean those two guys already had a relationship they were wearing matching shoes to the heat game so um to have those two guys on the outside and nick fangio's defense that you know we'll talk about um in a pod coming down the road. I was super excited. I think this was the exact same move similar to that Tyree Kill one that, you know, could put that Dolphins defense over the top, which is what we needed heading into this season. Now, the whole idea about these trades, right? The Miami Dolphins, since that teardown in 2019, the idea was flexibility, right? The idea to have all these draft picks isn't because you want to draft five Noah Igbenognis at the end of the first round. It's to be able to kind of shift and shuffle as you deem fit. So Josh, Looking at the Tyree Kill trade as kind of the model for this, you know, we even can even look at the the Rams as the idea of the forget about the picks. We want talent, talent. As of this recording, as of March of 2023, have we have Dolphin fans even visualized or comprehended the pain point that was trading those picks for Tyree Kill? I guess what I'm trying to ask is, are we? Do we already see that pain down the road? Are, are there any sort of regrets? Obviously, the Rams no regrets a Super Bowl. I don't have regrets on Tyreek, but in terms of that draft capital, the cap space, is it already hurting the Dolphins or do you kind of see the pathway that Chris Greer is carving here? I mean, that's going to be the million-dollar question, right, heading into these next few years. I think we can all see the Dolphins are kind of capitalizing off Tua Tungvaloa still being on that rookie contract. So um, I don't think that they, you know, are sitting here regretting trading for Tyreek Hill, you know, or Bradley Chubb. I think I read in that was a Sports Illustrated article with Albert Breer, but uh, Mike McDaniel kind of joked, like, ever since I've been here, we haven't had any first-round picks. And Chris Greer, you know, took a step back and said, well, we had Tyreek Hill, we got Bradley Chubb, you know, he used the third now to get Jalen Ramsey. So um, right now it seems like the Dolphins are going all in, but you can kind of see it, like you mentioned with the Rams, that down the road, you know, if this doesn't work out over these next few years, that, you know, there could be an issue there. And you just got to hope that the Dolphins can figure out a way, you know, to stay under the cap because, um, you know, there for a while we were in cap hell and it just seems like these last few years you know they've been wizards with the cap but a lot of that had to do with those rookie guys so um i don't think they're regretting it quite yet but down the road if this thing doesn't work out you know turn into a super bowl they definitely might be regretting it yeah and that's kind of the key here it's the idea of win or bust uh but but at the same time too you wonder what would they have done differently, right? What would you have done instead of getting Tyree Kill, right? We were putting together a wide receiver room with Sed Wilson and, and Eric Azukama coming in, and that would have been like Miami's core. And you see the the game changer, the difference maker that Tyree Kill is. Obviously, there's a huge price tag that comes with it. That's kind of where Kansas City had their issues. But you mentioned Tua. They picked up the fifth-year option. So you do have an idea. You have a vision of what these contracts are going to look like for the next few years. So, Josh, before we look at the idea that, hey, Jalen Ramsey, we not only acquired him, but he needed a new contract, let's just kind of stew on what that third-round pick could have been. What did the Dolphins give up in terms of Jalen Ramsey? And, Josh, what the Dolphins would have given up? Can you guess who Miami's 2021 third-round pick was? 
why do you got to put me on the spot? My, my brain is just absolute mush. I, I throw it out there. Tell me. Cause uh... in theory, the dolphins just traded two hunter longs for Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> See, I should, I should have known that one. Oh man. That's, that's great value there. Isn't it? And that just kind of goes to the point of, you know, you know, you want picks, right? You hear that the dolphins have four picks in the draft and none of them are in the top 50 and you get a little nervous, but ask yourself, I'm not calling him a buster. What did Channing Tindall do for this team last year, right? You know, he was not, he was growing. He was learning how to become a player. And hopefully we see that pay off this year. But in reality, you do not get that impact that you need out of a player in year one, in year two. So the Dolphins, in terms of getting Jalen Ramsey, the same with Tyree Kill, you're speeding up that process a little bit. You're investing. And I think we also... Little quick shout out to Steven Ross because it would none of this would be possible without him just willing to open up the checkbook. Yes, he says some stupid things. Yes, he gets in his own way sometimes. But man, if the Dolphins are talking about pushing money down the road, if the Dolphins, you know, want the best, you know, we look at those NFL PA report cards that came out a little while ago. The Dolphins were one of the best teams, uh, flying colors across the board. And to bring it back to that Burt Breer article on Sports Illustrated, when Chris Greer was talking about making this trade, I think you look at what Stephen Ross said and you look at what Mike McDaniel said, and I'm not going to say neither are wrong, but Mike McDaniel, you know, you start looking at the intangibles outside of the fact of, oh, well, you know, I won't, I don't have any first picks. I think Mike McDaniel was actually on a floaty celebrating his 40th birthday uh, when this trade went down. And then you have Stephen Ross, who his first question had nothing to do with the money, had nothing to do with the draft picks. How will this guy be a leader on our team? How will he fit into the locker room? And that, to me, right there screams how important winning is to Steven Ross. And it's just a great question to ask. So, Joshua, how do you see this turning out where you have another leader coming into the group? You have Xavier Howard. You have Tyree Kill. You have all these attitudes. How does Jalen Ramsey kind of form into that? Yeah, that, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, right? I mean, we all see the videos of him, you know, uh, talking after the games, you know, just absolutely shit-talking the corners or the receivers that he just shut down. So, um, you know, based on everything we hear, you know, he has friends in the locker room from that same article. I love that you called him Burt Breer, but, you know, he mentioned Javon Holland and how he looks forward to lifting him up and, you know, the relationship he has with him, Christian Wilkins, Xavier Howard. So um, I think having a guy like Jalen Ramsey, who's, you know, been through it, had a stellar career with Jacksonville, went on and won a Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams. You know, he seems like he really wants to be in Miami. So um, I'm going to sit here and say it. it's awesome to have another leader, especially on that defensive side. You know, we're going to talk about some of these younger corners, but Cater Kohu, you know, what's that going to mean to him learning underneath Jalen Ramsey? You know, Nick Needham coming off that injury, you know, is he going to bounce back Trill Williams? So um, I'm excited to see what he can bring to that. But, you know, part of me, just from an outsider's perspective, always view Jalen Ramsey, you know, as a little bit of a diva. So maybe that'll eventually come into the fold. But um, again, we thought the same thing with Tyree Kill. And all we learned last season was that Tyree Kill was the ultimate, you know, leader in the locker room and pros pro. So um, I think this is a step in the right direction. But like you mentioned, man, you have to tip your hat to Stephen Ross and what he did. I think they fully guaranteed most of the contract, right? You know, they were restructuring contracts years, all off season long to make some of these moves. I mean, you got to tip your hat to him because like you said, he is never scared to open up that piggy bank and uh, honestly just wanted to know what it would mean to the team in the locker room moving forward. Right before we get to on the field stuff and, and what he means to this team, I'm genuinely curious about how players feel about, you know, joining the Miami Dolphins. I think in that story, a big point was that Jalen Ramsey knew the power he had. And when he saw that he could go to Miami, like he was all about that. He wasn't going to go to other teams. He was talking about how he'd be more flexible with a contract in Miami while another team, he'd be real difficult. And I got to ask you, man, because 
the Dolphins, ha- I don't even want to say troubles, but Xavier Howard, they originally signed him to a great team-friendly deal. He outperforms that, you know, by a long shot. And all of a sudden, you know, you have both sides butting heads. You know, you, you wonder, do we side with the owners? Do we side with the players? Well, Chris Greer, the Miami Dolphins, decided they, they chose the players. They told Xavier Howard, not only are we going to increase your pay this year, going into next season, we'll talk about a new contract. And the Dolphins followed through on all that. So I'm just curious, how often do you think players talk about this idea of they all understand it's a business? Jalen Ramsey was one of the first to say it was a business. Trent Sherfield, he just joined the Buffalo Bills. He knew it was a business. How important is it that the Miami Dolphins kind of out in the open respect or acknowledge the player's side and the player's pull in terms of these contract negotiations? Yeah, I think it's probably huge, and I know we didn't really get a chance to talk about it, but remember when the NFLPA did a survey amongst free agents, you know, talking and ranking the different facilities and teams, and I think the Miami Dolphins were high on that list in just every mm-hmm. aspect, except uh, maybe letting the family on the field post game. So yeah, I mean, we remember that NFLPA thing that went down, you know, the Dolphins seem like one of those places that these free agents want to be, and I mean, I think that's probably the thing that you take away from this article, and just all offseason long, you know, you hear how some free agents want to come to Miami, so you got... So you got to be excited for the future of the Miami Dolphins and just, you know, how much different things are now. I mean, I know everyone wants to come here because of the taxes and, you know, not having to pay, you know, making more money. But at the end of the day, they see the way these guys respect their players and they see the way that, um, you know, the facilities are taken care of. And just, again, how much Stephen Ross is, just cares about winning. To kind of tra- or, uh, transition here, and we'll get into some of the on-the-field stuff, uh, that Albert Breer article, and if you haven't, um, you know, listened to – or. Yeah, if you haven't listened to your news stories, yeah, if you have not read that Burt Beer article or even our recap, I think Merrick did a great post on that on the Finn Center. Uh, this is what he said that Chris Greer saw on tape. What they saw on tape was a player who was as physical as he's ever been, playing the nickel corner spot and being moved around more than he had earlier in his career. Ramsey could still run. He The ball skills, instincts, smarts, and playmaking abilities were still there, even through some of the ups and downs. So, Josh, when you hear that kind of uh, description of Jalen Ramsey, what makes it special? Without looking at anything on the field, you hear what I just said about Jalen Ramsey, and all of a sudden the Dolphins are given a big contract. This is a Super Bowl winner, a three-time All-Pro. What makes him that just based on that description I just gave you? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that stands out the most is the versatility, right? I mean, we all hear yeah. how Vic Fangio's defense, you know, begs of versatility from these guys and uh, you mentioned how you play in a slot I actually pulled it up uh, according to pro football focus he played 725 snaps on the boundaries and then 213 in the slot so I mean this is a guy that can do a little bit of everything he's great coming down in coverage you know stopping the run I think last season Dolphins were pretty bad at tackling I think we joked about that all throughout the podcast I think Cater Kohu was one of the best guys in run support and uh, you just look at his PFF grade he was an 86.4 overall 91.8 run defense 91.1 pass rush and then again he's a shutdown corner so um I, I just don't know how you attack this from an offensive standpoint right I mean you try to move your uh you know receivers around in motion try to get those mismatches but waiting on the other side would be Xavier Howard so um I love the versatility here I love what he can bring to that defense and I'm excited to see the way again Vic Fangio is going to use him because you got to feel for him you know you got to be pretty stoked he came out you know took the season off but he's coming back to a pretty damn awesome defense even before this Jalen Ramsey trade. So I loved all everything I heard in that Burt Breer article. Please go out there and read it because, um, I, man, you mentioned what was a Steve, uh, Mike McDaniel was on a floaty or something when the trade went down. I mean, everything about the article is awesome. And just to hear how they were basically gushing over him based on what they saw and, um, not to go too far, you know, down the road or 
backtrack too much, Jake, but we talk about how you might be, you know, an issue in the locker room. The Rams weren't very good last year, and I don't think there were any problems there. So uh, maybe it isn't something we have to worry about. But, dude, uh, this is an awesome signing, and it's just great to just think, you know, we had Byron Jones. That didn't quite work out. Now you replaced him with Jalen Ramsey. I mean, anybody with two eyes would say that's probably an upgrade, right? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a very safe thing to say there. And this is a team that, you know, for years they've tried to get those two top tier cornerbacks and really build the defense about that. And to me, it's interesting because you had an offensive minded coach come in with Mike McDaniel. And one of the only things he said about the development of the defense is he said he would every year take a defensive end, some sort of pass rusher in the draft. And all of a sudden, here's Chris Greer going through and going from the back end again in terms of using Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so, Josh, how do you see this off, this defense developing from here? They don't have a lot of picks. They don't have a lot of money. Before we get into the areas Jalen Ramsey can cover, is there anything this defense still needs that maybe this money could have been used differently? Or are you set? Do you see him as that final piece that can really connect everything together? Well, it's funny you bring that up because they did then go out and trade for Bradley Chubb, right? I mean, that had to be Mike McDaniel probably there drooling over what he could do. So um, I think still the weakness in this is going to be the linebacking unit. I love the David Long Jr. uh, signing. I dropped some videos down. I mean, if this guy can stay healthy, he's pretty much everything we've ever wanted in the middle of that defense can cover, uh, you know, can pass rush great against the run. But I still feel like that's a unit that needs improvement. You mentioned Channing Tindall. I mean, I hope that Vic Fangio can get the most out of him. We can see him take that next step. Um, but I still think it's that linebacking core that, you know, we need to see a little bit more from. But then again, you know, a lot of people want to see a, a big-time safety come in here because we know Vic Fangio uses those uh, two high safety looks. They shine, signed Deshaun Elliott. Um, so we'll see how it works out. But I still think that middle linebacker position is, um, you know, a little bit of a weakness. But overall, man, this defense from top to bottom is really starting to shape up and kind of mimic what that offense does. And we didn't even talk about how awesome it's going to be, you know, to hear Jalen Ramsey versus Tyree Killam practice, you know, Jalen Waddle versus Ramsey. I mean, we always hear iron sharpens iron. I mean, who better for those guys to learn from, to go against and compete against, um, just as long as there's none of those uh, late hits like that flag football game, right? <laughs> I I need them to do like a 10 minute sit down during like spring, uh, you know, spring workouts or something and just have it posted on the Dolphins Twitter account, just them talking through their issues. Obviously, it'd be like some sort of joking way, but I I think that'd be a lot of fun. And dude, the going to these uh, workouts, the, the OTAs, I can't imagine finding a price tag I wouldn't pay because I don't think these things are the most expensive sightings in the world. But just to be able to go see these guys battling each other would be absolutely incredible. But let, let's take a minute here and talk about Vic Fangio's offense and how Jalen Ramsey fits. Because if I had to you know, define Jalen Ramsey in, in one sentence, it'd probably be an elite cornerback in a linebacker's body. And Vic Fangio's defense, it's really focused. It's more of a zone scheme. You're not going to have a lot of third and 11s where offenses can easily get it by dumping it off to Austin Eckler uh, or whoever it may be that makes us sad that given day. Uh, but even you mentioned Channing Tindall. How are these body types going to impact the Miami Dolphins? You, you think about a zone scheme. You're not really pushing forward, right? You're reacting to what the offense is doing. And when you're stuck reacting, that gives the offense an opportunity to push forward. And that really helps in the running game, right? If Fangio's defenses have struggled in any situation, it's preventing uh, uh, massive gashes in the running game. So I'm curious, Josh, because the Dolphins kind of struggled against the run last year. You saw Landon Roberts leave. I think he's in Pittsburgh. Can you kind of cover these holes with Miami's defensive front? You have some physical corners. I think Howard is another one who's never been afraid to hit someone. He's not a Brent Grimes who's just going to kind of slide to the side and watch him run down the sideline. So I'm curious of how these pieces they're bringing in impacts that weakness of this defense that will maybe be stopping the run. 
Yeah, I guess that's the biggest question mark, right? Uh, how these guys are going to transition. Because you remember, you know, Xavier Howard's always pretty much been a press man type guy. You know, a lot of these mm -hmm. guys have been, you know, in that same scheme for so long. So I'm interested to see the way everything translates. I think, again, um, the biggest thing, like you mentioned, is that run defense. I thought they did take some nice steps last season. We did see, you know, them improve co greatly compared to years prior. But it still wasn't, you know, top notch. And as you mentioned, you know, with Vic Fangio's defense, you know, they are – um, suspect, you know, they are suspect in the middle. They do give up some big runs, but they always play that bend don't break. So I'm excited to see the way it all works out. I do think again, that David long signing, you see the way he can work in zone. That's going to be that guy in the middle that, I mean, I, you can see him running downfield covering slot receivers. I mean, this guy can do a little bit of everything. So I think that's going to help out a lot, but I still wish the dolphins had, you know, that big nose tackle in the middle of that defense, right? That big body that can just gobble up one or two guys and open things up for others. Because I think we have seen that in the Vic Fangio defense, but then they went out and you know Mil Malik Reed is that that right he played yeah. there in Denver a little bit an edge rusher um him and Chubb had one of their best seasons together so um I think Vic, Vic Fangio has a plan I just hope that like uh, I said the Dolphins don't have that learning curve we don't see you know maybe Xavier Howard take another step back next year because let's be honest he was banged up in 2022 his best football is probably still ahead of him and um yeah I, I'm excited to see what this defense can do Wow, he led the league in interceptions, and and you think X has a little little something above that in his uh in his pocket? Did he really lead the league in interceptions? I, I had no idea. A couple years ago, a couple years oh, ago, yeah, when he no, reached oh, double digits. I, I meant I meant from 2022. I meant last season. I think we all can oh, agree that he was kind of a shell of himself, and um, you know, those two he was on the injury report once for what two groin injuries, right? Groins, <laughs> groins plural. <laughs> so man, I gotta ask you with that, Jalen Ramsey. He's, uh, you know, people want to say an old 29, right? He's on the older end, which is a little crazy to me. And then you have X also getting up there. Do you think these guys will show some signs of regression in their older age? Or is the zone defense a little bit of a way to kind of uh, give the body a break so that it's not intense all the time where you can kind of leverage the ball hawking skills that Howard has? Uh, Ramsey's another one. I think, he ha I think he has over a combined 30 batted down passes and interceptions over the last two years. These guys are always around the ball and you don't need a press offense or a press defense, excuse me, to make that happen. Yeah, and I guess that's the one thing that we can say with Jalen Ramsey, right? The scheme that he was in last season in L.A. was very similar to the one he's going to be playing in Miami. So there probably isn't going to be too much of a learning curve there. But um, that's the million-dollar question, right, Jake, that the Dolphins didn't, you know, bring Jalen Ramsey in when he's starting to decline. Xavier Howard, we're hoping that, you know, last season, again, it was just a groin. So, um Good question. I do think you're right with the zone scheme trying kind of helping a little bit, but um, these guys are going to want to be physical. So it's not just going to be all zone. They're going to let, you know, Xavier Howard do what Xavier Howard does at times. Jalen Ramsey do the same thing. But um, that would be the biggest concern with the Dolphins is that you just traded for Jalen Ramsey, guaranteed all that money for the next two years. Hope that this was going to be, you know, a playoff run, a potential Super Bowl run. And, you know, maybe just maybe you're getting a shell of himself. But um, I don't think that's the case. I think, you know, it's kind of crazy that everyone loved Jalen Ramsey till he got traded to the Dolphins, kind of like Tyree Kill, right? As soon as Tyreek Hill got traded to the Dolphins, you know, oh, he's, his career's falling off a cliff. You know, he went yep. to Miami to retire. You know, he's leaving Patrick Mahomes. Dude went out there and had the best season of his career. I think um, what we see out of Jalen Ramsey, you kind of see some of those hype videos coming out. He is ready to prove the haters wrong. I think Ethan Skolnick is the quote that he keeps throwing around there. You know, you hear the, you know, what do you say to those guys that think you're a shell of yourself? And, uh, you know, he just says, just watch, turn on the tape, watch and see, and I'll shut all the doubters up. So he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. And if Jalen Ramsey, you know, was what he was before that, uh, the rest of the league should be a little bit scared. There was this, I'm going back to that Sports Illustrated article. Um, Ramsey agreed that he wouldn't need much of a raise to join the Dolphins and any other team that got involved would have to blow him away contractually. 
to move him off the position that he'd only go to Miami. With that established, his agent and the Dolphins went looking not for a raise, but a little job security. And to me, man, like, it's it's this whole game that everyone's playing to make everyone look like they're all getting along and everything's working great. But I do kind of feel that. I feel I'm, I'm falling for the trap here that, hey, these are two sides that really wanted to work together and had everything, um, you know, kind of situated. You know, Ramsey didn't want to shoot the Dolphins in the foot and the Dolphins were willing to do everything, move the world, the universe, the trade Hunter long away. So it seemed like every side was working together here. Um, Josh, let's talk about how Ramsey impacts other players on the defense you mentioned darth cater cater kohu um his arguably his best game i have all the uh, videos ready but i haven't put together a story his best game against the jets week 18 he had one reception allowed on five targets how does someone like jalen ramsey impact you know darth cater because you look at him he started 13 games he was a boundary corner a lot of the times i think at there were issues with him panicking. I think sometimes, you know, he'd see a ball going over his head and he'd just try to pull a receiver just at a habit or instinct, whatever it may be. But how does having a uh, more effective cornerback duo ahead of him kind of, I wouldn't even say make his life easier, but make him a little more comfortable back there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there were times when he definitely seemed like he panicked and, you know, would grab a receiver in critical moments or things like that. But I think the biggest difference is he's going to be able to learn from Jalen Ramsey. I mean, you mentioned how versatile he is and what he can do in the slot. I mean, that's kind of where we might see Cater Kohu, you know, kind of build his career, right? He might move in. Well, he not might. He's going to be the nickel corner, right? He's not going to be playing on the outside with X and Jalen Ramsey there. So to lean on Jalen Ramsey, you know, learn different techniques there. I mean, Xavier Howard's mostly a boundary guy. Not to say that, you know, he didn't learn an immense amount of things from uh, Xavier Howard, but having Jalen Ramsey, who's familiar with, you know, coming down, maybe taking on a tight end, you know, those speedy, quick, twitchy receivers in the slot. I mean, I think that'll mean the world to him. And the same can be said about Nick Needham, Trill Williams, some of those other guys on the roster. And uh, from that Burt, Breer, I, I love calling him that, but I keep uh, stumbling up on it. Um, you know, he again, he mentioned Javon Holland and just what that's going to mean for him. I mean, Javon Holland can now, you know, lurk around and, you know, it, it's just going to be great for everybody involved. And we mentioned the safeties. Brandon Jones is another guy that, you know, kind of gets overshadowed because he's coming off injury. But pick. yeah, I think, well, there we go. I, I don't know <laughs> to Brandon Jones for Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I, I think he probably <laughs> still do that trade, right? Um, it's crazy. That's how it's, but I, I think, you know, what he's going to mean to that locker room and those players will be night and day. And again, he's just, uh, you know, a scrappy guy that just gets in the receiver's head. I know how much of that is going to come out of some of these other guys. I mean, I know you joked that Xavier Howard is this quiet guy that kind of goes about his business, but um, you know, we might see Xavier Howard talking shit, you know, showing the, the receivers that he shut down in his locker room with check marks next to their name, whatever it is, I'm excited. And uh, I think all Dolphin fans should be. So you, you think that, uh, you know, Cater is kind of going to be one of those guys competing for the slot. I mean, Nick Nita was one of the better slot corners, I think, two years ago, even 2019 when he was forced into a starting job. And when you look at the teardown, it really gave a couple guys opportunities to show their stuff. Uh, Needham was one of them. But Josh, you know, we, we spent some time talking about Jalen Ramsey being this physical freak, this, you know, cornerback and a linebacker's body. How does that change things when you're talking about Kohu maybe playing in the slot? Can you put him back on the boundary knowing that uh, someone like Ramsey can come inside? Because the one thing I saw, and again, I only looked at one game, Darth Cater, he's an undrafted rookie. He's working his way up. He's been, he's done everything the Dolphins have asked him to, and this isn't hate or anything. But if one thing I saw is if you take those boundary receivers, if you motion them inside and it's man defense and you have Kohu inside, I saw him kind of get washed away a few times in plays. So I think that might be an interesting ripple is how they kind of uh, change things just based on how offenses are moving pre pre snap. 
Yeah, great point. And I think that, again, goes back to the versatility of all these guys. I mean, you mentioned Caterco maybe not being as good in there at nickel. I do think that's kind of where the Dolphins might try to fit him. But then again, if you have, you know, let's say Chris Godwin, I think that was the game I was sitting here breaking down with Jalen Ramsey. You see him, you know, taking on Jalen, uh, taking on Chris Godwin after, you know, the play before that he was guarding Mike Evans. So, you know, you have the versatility there with Ramsey. You have a little bit of versatility there with uh, Kohu. I mean, I think, uh, again, Vic Fangio is sitting there licking his chops. But you're right, man, if they need to have that key matchup you know the you know primary receiver you know the big playmakers there in the middle in this in the nickel why not motion Jalen Ramsey in there and to your point man they do play Jalen Ramsey down in the box a decent amount there um with Los Angeles because you mentioned he's kind of like a uh linebacker a cornerback but in a linebacker's body and I think that's the perfect way to put it because he is not scared of contact he's not scared to tackle uh, I see him saw him take on Leonard Fournette which might have been a mistake but he at least got up there and you know tried to lay a mean hit on him so yeah man versatility 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 I mean that's what we continue to hear about the Dolphins defensive line for so many years now that's kind of where they're going in the secondary and you know you just got to be ecstatic because again you can kind of do the same thing Javon Holland can come down and take on you know can play a little bit of that nickel we saw it there at Oregon um not a little bit I think he played primarily at nickel that last season he was there Brandon Jones I mean that's another guy that's a linebacker kind of in a cornerback you know a defensive back's body so um I'm, I'm stoked man yes versatility versatility and if they need to line Kohu up on the outside and move Ramsey inside uh by all means let him do it when I was doing research for the story I um Gucci has a podcast like the the brand not the rapper Gucci has a podcast and I know Ramsey had a huge uh, well not a huge he mentioned that outfit was his, sick though <laughs> his outfit he was mentioned insane. during the interview that he needed to have the Gucci on but they have a podcast and the guy who hosted it is obviously a soccer guy he was calling it the pitch he was very European uh, but one thing they spoke about and it kind of speaks to that Jalen Ramsey mindset about when he was growing up I think he said he was uh, grew up in Tennessee how there were just so many fields around where his parents and would let him and his friends it's just like go outside whatever ball you have you'd go play and you kind of see that like street yard like fighting in him like Chris Godwin I'll go against him Mike Evans you know I'm ready to fight him too and that's kind of what the Dolphins need like you have all these younger guys that are trying to find their way get comfortable get confident you have a guy who you know he's going to to get ran over by a playoff Lenny once in a while but he's also going to shut down Chris Godwin he's also going to shut down Mike Evans and really make a name for himself so I think that attitude is just going to pay dividends because X is great I think nobody will ever come out and say anything bad about X but you said it he's a little bit more he's quiet he does things his way and he lets the action out in the field prove it where Jalen Ramsey you feel that you know presence as soon as he walks through the door as soon as he steps on the field you know that someone's going to get smacked yeah, uh, you brought up Tennessee, the first name that came to mind, and I might age myself here, but Cortland Finnegan, remember how just scrappy he was and he would get into the, you know, re receiver's head? I mean, obviously, Jalen Former Rams Dolphin. Oh, damn. I, I kind of forgot he, became, he went to the Dolphins there for a I little I think he bit. was kind of okay across from Brent Grimes for one year, oh, too. Oh, man. I, I think. My finding Dory memory, but you know what I mean. That dude was a scrapper. You know, he went up there, got in the receivers' heads. They battled for the entire 60 minutes. So that's what we're going to get out of Jalen Ramsey. He's a fighter. He's a dog. And, again, he's playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, coming to Miami to kind of elevate that defense. Um, dude, it's it's been – I don't want to say the perfect offseason, but, um, you know, after what we saw last year. But uh, we can definitely hang another banner, right? We can hang another offseason banner for the Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> five-time six-time rating champion that started Just with the dynasty back to back to back to back to back and yeah <laughs> even when they got mike wallace that was a hell of a you know they won the offseason at least the until, could sue. he didn't have as bad of a year i think mike wallace had a thousand yard season i think uh you know he gets overshadowed because everyone thought he was going to be this 
uh, something he wasn't. <laughs> I know I was. Yeah, and I think that was that was the first Dolphins thousand yard receiver in some time too. I, I'm pretty. Actually, I think Brian Hartline had. Hartline, had a, yeah. He, the, he was thousand receiving yards and ten touchdowns because Hartline he had like a thousand like eleven hundred receiving like yards touchdown. and no touchdowns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, 300 yards Hartline. against the Cardinals. I found the end zone once. That was yep. crazy, dude. I, I we, love, we love him, though. Him. We love him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have two Brian Hartline jerseys still. That's that's one that I'm never getting rid of. Um, that's impressive. Before we wrap up here, Josh, I do want to note, um, with another Dolphins book, with another Dolphins podcast comes another Dolphins book club. So I think when we get that started in the death, of the off season that June, the July ish area. Uh, I think we're going to start with Jalen Ramsey, but Josh, I just want to put this out here. Uh, I think Raekwon Davis would be a really fun one. Now, considering this new defense, you mentioned how the dolphins need that big body up front. I think there were some real interesting quotes near the end of the year where, you know, the coaches and staff was saying uh, Raekwon's really starting to figure it out. He really is becoming that guy. His stats doesn't show it, but he's doing exactly what we want him to do in that defense. And he's another one who's coming up maybe for a contract extension. It might not be with the Dolphins with everything that's happening, but this is a guy who's had moments. He was great at Alabama. And, you know, I think there's a need for guys like him across the NFL. Yeah, maybe I should add him because that was the kind of who I was referencing. We really want him to step up this season, right, in this defense to show that he can be that, you know, that huge Goliath in the middle of that Dolphins defense. We all remember how excited Brian Flores was to see him get drafted. So, um, yeah, man, let's see Raquan Davis take that next step. That would help the Dolphins run, you know, run defense. That would help everybody up front, to be completely honest. And, you know, we're still waiting on that Christian Wilkins extension, still waiting on Zach Sealer, whatever they might do there. Dolphins have some decisions to make, Jake. So you mentioned how, you know, pushing the can down the line with some of these restructures, you know, the guaranteed money, if it was going to come back to bite the Dolphins, you know, it might because they might not be able to pay some of these guys that they really want. But um, I think Chris Greer has a plan. I think the Dolphins have a plan and um, we'll see the way it all unfolds. Right, man. I just hate that we have to wait. What? months what is it six months at least till we get to watch the dolphins play still and it just feels like you know we again we already won the off season hey the the bonus though about having to wait the dolphins aren't losing any games we and will not wake up sad on a monday and we get to talk again we're, we're back and we get to talk about our dolphins that we love so much exactly exactly for everyone watching this on youtube thanks for joining us and for everyone listening via the podcast i suggest you go follow at house on youtube where he not only is going to be posting our podcast but film breakdowns about just about anybody under the sun you will find them with joshua house so thank you thank you thank you for tuning in to another dolphins podcast we'll talk to you next time fins up that was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. We're the Miami Dolphins.